welcome to Podcasting is Praxis. We are a collective of left-wingers who do a podcast for some reason. Um, my name is Ben, and I am here tonight with fellow podcasters Rob. Hello. Elijah. Hello. And Jamie. You all right? And today we will be discussing a bunch of stuff, including the labor leadership, death to Davos, <laughs> and some random news segments. Not gonna lie, that sounds fucking awful. Yeah, we. <laughs> <laughs> All right, shall we? Re- shall we redo it? <laughs> Maybe I don't suck this time. No, I was making a joke about the <laughs> the, the content being yeah, shit. The, no, no, it's, it's, it is a bleak season. Ah, <laughs> uh, but it it's is. A bleak I mean, life. look, we warned everybody on the last episode that this was season two. It was going to be grittier. It was going to be darker, and you know, this is just the world we live in now. We've got oh, a new casting director, and everything is uh, is is a little bit grim, dark. Yeah, yeah. We live in a world of highly trained professionals. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, it's always been like this. We just had a glimmer of hope for a year or two, but you know that's done now. So yeah, we can we've, get on we, with it. We've brought in a bunch of podcasting consultants from Ernst and Young, and they've revi- told us to fire a bunch of people, make our podcast more efficient. So. Shall we start yes, with please. a ray of optimism? Yeah. What would you like to tell us about the French strikes? Well, they're still ongoing. Uh, they're really cool and good. Um, I do want to correct an error I made in the last episode, though. I said that they'd pretty much gotten what they wanted. Um, the people on strike, uh, that turned out not to be true. Um, what the French government had done was given them like half a concession towards what they want, which is um, an end to the proposed pension reforms. So the strikes are still ongoing very strongly. Um, There's a lot of people out, firefighters, uh, public transport, nurses, uh, lawyers, doctors, teachers. There's a lot of people out on strike. Uh, it's it's going strong, but you know the question is who's got the longer breath, uh, the strikers or the uh, government? And as of now, a couple of the French unions, sort of the more moderate ones, have signaled that with like the government's half offered, they're okay. Um, so some of the weasels are starting to pull back out. Um, but what I do want to say, what I found really sort of noticeable, um, is that like this has been going on for forty days now, and it's been really serious, and it's nowhere on the British news. Like there's been, oh yeah. Like, you know, maybe one or two pieces in the Guardian, uh, in 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 the Financial Times has been a little bit, but like it's not being, it's just not being covered. I've not seen anything. I saw like I see every couple of days I see a clip on Twitter or something of people throwing robes or papers or school backpacks at some uh, French minister, but like absolutely no coverage other than random Twitter clips. If this yeah. was happening in, if this was happening in like one of our sort of you know. Um, proto-socialist third world countries there'd be daily coverage of uh, popular unrest and protests against the evil socialist government who who, who well, I mean we have an example of that which is they, Venezuela which is yeah, when of that, course you know yeah. this is great he, he just pushed the hyperinflation button too many times and now <laughs> the people are angry um, but because it's France and France is a western capitalist European liberal democracy quote unquote uh, let's not give them any ideas. 
Well, I, and also because like it's it's yeah. Macron, and he's supposed to be you know the the golden god who's gonna <laughs> save <laughs> liberalism <laughs> from itself. So. Was it Jupiterian? What the the protesters need is a gimmick because when they had those like high vis jackets and a catchy catchy title, that was everywhere. And so, you know, they should all start wearing fucking hats or something. I don't don't know. I'm not a PR guy. (laughs) 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 Whatever the kids at the BBC are into at the moment. Well, they, also, they, they covered that when it was just, I mean, when it started, it was genuinely about fuel prices uh, in the countryside, which was, I think, there for a good reason. But the moment it turned into bigger demands about the formation of society and the distribution of wealth and who has what, it, you know, they very quickly start stopped talking that much about the gilet jaune. Yeah, well, f- yeah. Fuel, fuel prices, like that plays well with like the, the fucking... Gammons. Oh. I wasn't going to say that. I was going to say that fucking the the guy everyone was supposed to be targeting during the election. I can't remember the name. Somewhere man. Um, Workington. What? Workington man. Work, Workington oh, man. Oh right, yeah. It. Yeah, I'll I'll do that bit again. Is this the new Monday on that? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, fuel prices uh, plays well with Walkington man, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, bet you're all impressed. I remembered that. Wait. <laughs> One of my favorite bits when the gilet jaune thing started was. The Americans who immediately tried to spin it as like an anti-socialist protest. Look, they're protesting taxes. You like taxes, you socialists. You see these this, this popular uprising that is against that thing you like, taxes. Without, of course, you know, even bothering to check what kind of taxes they were unhappy about. And then it was yeah, a, a, why? A, a, a tax rise on the poorer uh, stratas of society all right, all right, and but, a cut I mean, to the higher ones, you know. You can't I mean, you can't start talking about different types of taxes. Not everyone's done a political science degree. <laughs> You're right. I, oh, I'm there's sorry. Just, yeah, there's yeah. just taxes, and they're bad. That's that's how it works. That's yeah, it. Don't, don't, you you guys are, are cutting into my comment commentary ad business here. <laughs> what's, what's these taxes with this bad. discussion? I mean, I just want to remind people. So I did. Uh, I argued in a paper once that. Uh, direct action works, yada, yada, it was a whole thing. And one of my examples was that people forgot about this, but a couple of months after the Tottenham riots, the mayor of London office quietly sent a couple extra million pounds of funding over to the areas that were, you know, that, that sort of had had the, the most kind of flared up reactions. So it does work. You can get things. It, it, it even works in like, a, a shitty sort of liberal democratic way. If you just make enough noise, they'll 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 try to pay you off and keep you quiet, which is better than nothing. Yes. See, when you said you, you argued in in a paper, I'm going to assume you were wearing it like a cape. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas all we get in the UK is like Madeleine K and people, you know, drinking rosé <laughs> while wearing a fucking EU flag. <laughs> It's the it's the Woody Guthrie. This machine kills fascists, but instead, it's this ukulele travels across Schengen borders. It <laughs> <laughs> didn't work so well for the stop Brexit guy, did it? So all right, uh, but I don't think it's going to matter anyway because uh, the the Chinese bird flu or whatever is coming for us all. Uh huh. There's uh, four oh, yeah. people, four people in Scotland being tested for the virus. Um, so I might Lisa, meet... Lisa Nandy must be excited as fuck. <laughs> I might be one of the first to go. Personally, I am not surprised that Elijah is arguing to put Hadrian's wall back up. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that gets me about this um, 
coronavirus thing is that, yeah, this four suspect. I've seen like breaking news, four suspected cases has gone, but you read through the whole thing. These guys have written like 400 words on this, and some people came in from Wuhan, which is where it originated, and are now in hospitals undergoing tests, and that's it. But I read now, something, it's, it's, it's basically like some sort of um, uh, advanced form of the flu, right? Or, I mean, it's not like Ebola or something where we're all going to bleed out of our eyeballs to death. There's been a few deaths. We should be so lucky. Yeah, I know. I pray for it every day. But, um, but yeah, it's uh, essentially so far, it's the newspapers wanting clicks. Uh, like Nothing's actually happened. So like, I mean, some I, people from I think, China landed in the UK and that's it. I think zombie apocalypse is a little bit played out, so I'm hoping it's vampires. Ooh. But, but specifically not John Rentoul. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, he's a ghoul. It's even in the yeah, name. He, I mean, would, come on. he would be no, like he's, the, he's... the original vampire, wouldn't he? I mean, <laughs> he. I saw him on television for a change, and I was like, oh, like, he does look like the <laughs> Crypt Keeper. I love it, it when that happens. You uh, see someone just go, oh, that's what they look like. Gross. Was, he, oh was he wearing one of those, like, really high collar capes, and everyone's just going, John, you're not helping yourself any here. <laughs> Do you remember? Do you remember when people first started calling him like Dracula on Twitter, and he tried to lean into it? That was <laughs> no. that was the hardest I have ever cringed in my life. He tried to sort of adopt the the Dracula persona and play it for laughs, and and I mean, surprisingly, left Twitter just weren't fucking having any of it. Well, I mean, he he had another fucking belter out this week. Is um, obviously we should shall we shall we talk about Jess flips? Well, hang on. I just want to the the the. the uh, seeing someone on TV thing. So it's like when I heard Keir Starmer <laughs> speak for the first time and I was expecting this like big booming lawyer voice, you know, because he's he's Keir Starmer. He's got the hair. He's so Keir Starmer. He's a lawyer. He's a, he's, a, he's a QC. And he sounds like two pieces of ham being like squished together. <laughs> it, it's this <laughs> squeaky sort of glazed voice. Um, and I immediately thought of of, of what Ed, Ed Miliband sounded like. And then I remembered when he said, am I ready? Hell yeah. And I couldn't stop fucking laughing. <laughs> oh, that was really cool. That oh, was no. awful. And I, I mean, get, but this is the electable guy, right? This is the electability guy. Yeah, People no. respond it's... to these kind of things, right? He, he, he doesn't sound like a person. He sounds like some... Some weird fucking robot tray of, of of private school. It's fucking obscene. It doesn't yeah, matter. I mean, because Tony if, Tony if, Blair if, sounded like two weasels fucking if he got even slightly <laughs> excited about anything. Oh, God. <laughs> Your descriptions are just but let's move on. <laughs> um, swiftly move on. Oh, the God. the director general of the BBC has stepped down and so Obviously, someone else needs to now fill that position. Um, and I love that the Tories are just like nakedly demanding. It's like, no, no, we need someone in that position who will lick our scrotum 24-7. Well, that's the thing. That's why he, he like resigned early because he was supposed to finish his term or whatever next year. He resigned early specifically so that the Tories couldn't sort of stick their fingers in the pie and decide who gets the job. But they right. obviously still want to I mean, do that. The, the Tories are making noises about like, oh, we might, we might decriminalize non-payment of the license 
fee or some shit like that, so people can just openly tell the BBC to get fucked more so than they can currently. But I would enjoy that. that the BBC's the BBC's days. Let's face it, the BBC's days are numbered because sooner or later David Attenborough is going to die, and then <laughs> what are they actually producing that's of any fucking cultural value whatsoever? I don't know. I week. watched the His Dark Materials thing. That I thought that yeah, was that's really quite good. good. Oh yeah, I'm still halfway through that, and I very much enjoyed what we do in the shadows. That was good. But oh yeah, yeah. What's the big money maker? Is it? Is it? Are these uh, not strictly? all? Um, are these not all BBC America? Uh, I don't think so. What what we do in the shadows is 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 Taika Waititi and Jermaine Clement. That's New Zealand event. I don't know. It doesn't really matter. Their big money maker is Strictly, right? Is that still Strictly I'm, comes I dancing? Mean, does does that make them any money? I think that's the. It's it's Strictly and Doctor Who, if I remember correctly. It used to be the the. It used Bake to be Off. Top Gear. It used to be Top Gear and the Bake Off, but those have since moved. Yeah, well, I mean, um, like. You know, I, I can get like Top eh. Gear because you can sell little like uh, Jeremy Clarkson's little black book of racism or something as a tie-in, <laughs> and the same for Doctor Who. You can sell DVDs and and oh, shit man. like that. I but, once um, got as the shittest birthday present. Somebody bought me uh, one of those shit things you see at airport, like the collected columns of Jeremy Clarkson, Volume Twenty Nine, which is like eeny meeny miny mo, and then you know the rest is is just asterisk. Uh, what just a pr- oh, we should do a whole episode on Jeremy Clarkson I might do a whole I thought we could, genuinely <laughs> thought you were going to say we should do a whole episode on whoever gave you that present <laughs> <laughs> no 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 we should send them to the countryside for re-education and break their reading glasses I mean you're all talking about this as if if the BBC makes money or not is relevant but really it's it, no it does fun. yeah it, 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 it doesn't matter the I'm not too. I I used to be fussed about the BBC going away because it was it was nice to have like a good objective, you know, sort of well objective, a a, a somewhat serious, well funded, distinguished news source that could do good work. But it even if it could be brought back to that, back back to being something good, it wouldn't really matter because all that stuff is getting outshone by alternative media. I mean, I don't yeah. watch the fucking... I haven't watched the news in years. I get all my news from 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 some YouTube channels, from some specific... <laughs> which is why we... Yeah, which is, yeah, which is why... What why we're doing we're here too, yeah. So broken. Yeah, but I mean, I mean it, I'm, gen- I'm genuinely curious now as to whether or not the B- how the BBC makes money on something like Strictly, because that sort of thing... Ads? It's just a franchising thing, right? They, they just ads? sell the format. They don't have ads. No, that's, yeah. the th- that's the thing that specifically winds me up about the BBC is stuff specifically like strictly where they're directly competing for saturday night like viewers it's oh we've got to do a big popular entertainment like if the bbc stopped making strictly it would be on itv the next day yeah, yeah. Do you know what i mean it's not a public service in any by any stretch of the imagination is that for not them to literally pre- what happened with bake off well exactly do you know what i mean like it's <laughs> the same with is, even stuff like yeah. like the bbc you could you could bin the license fee and the BBC could still produce EastEnders, but then sell it to Channel Five or whatever, and we'd never need to like pay for another BBC show ever again. They'd make a fortune off that. But instead, yeah, but I, mean? I just it's don't like- think like I do think the BBC makes genuinely good and interesting products that you wouldn't find on other channels. Like right, there's a lot but, of like it- short dramas, like six or eight episodes, and then it's finished. Which right. I, I mean, genuinely they- enjoy because yeah, everything they- on they Netflix, do- if it's good, they make another forty fucking seasons. 
I mean, I'm not, I'm not I, like for comic effect. I'm going to say the BBC are totally shit, but they do make some stuff that I do watch and I do enjoy. Yeah. But my point is, that's not fucking. There's no need, like you know, if they're making like David Attenborough shows or they're making actual science shows or anything that's actually good and you wouldn't get on another channel, then that's good and that's what the BBC should be doing. That's why we should be paying a license fee for them to do stuff that you wouldn't get if you weren't paying a license fee. But EastEnders and like Strictly Come Dancing, they're, they're not that, are they? You'd get, you'd get them on any channel. If the, if the BBC stopped doing them, they'd, they'd appear somewhere else overnight. Yeah, but I don't know. I worry about, like, I, I have a lot of problems with the BBC, but I think I said this on the previous episode. This is like, I'm not a huge fan of just getting rid of it because like what will replace it will essentially be mainly, you know, the Murdoch empire and it will just be worse. And in terms of... No, right, but I'm the perception of it. politics, it will be so much worse. But the they thing is, if people, it, if people are complaining about say... the license fee, you don't need the license fee. The BBC could just make EastEnders and they could make Strictly Come Dancing and they could sell those to another channel and then use the money to produce, like, you know, good stuff, like doc- important documentaries yeah. or, or whatever that, that ITV just aren't going to produce if their life depended on it. I mean, this is but the, the problem thing, is right? they don't do yeah. that because no, they're they, chasing yeah. they're chasing the viewers. They want to beat ITV and the ratings, and it's like it, the ratings don't fucking matter to you. You get paid whether you like people watch your shit or not. The only well, no, purpose... they do matter just because. I mean, if you get no ratings, then some government idiot like Cummings, who they offended, will just go ah, well, they don't have ratings. So let's just use that as an excuse to gun yeah, them. Yeah, exactly. And they and they'll do the NHS thing where where they'll go. Right, we're not going to destroy it because the name's really valuable. It's so a, we'll let the we'll let the other departments keep doing what they're doing, and then we'll just eat up the entire news thing, and it'll turn into state propaganda completely. The purpose for a BBC that is publicly funded is so you have an organization that can make programming that doesn't need to be profitable, that doesn't need to have viewership. So this is exactly right that the the fact that they do chase ratings is completely contrary to the ethos or or the inherent reason for the BBC to exist. And they have to do it because they exist in a political and social environment that is actively hostile to the existence of anything collective, of anything vaguely resembling welfare, of of, of, of anything that is for the common good rather than for profit. So they do have to justify their existence. And then you end up in this cycle where just by having to react defensively to this capitalist context that they're in this 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 aggressive and reactionary anti-communal environment they end up losing the value for existing in the first place so they you lose the fight anyway and this is what's really insidious about this late stage capitalism that we're in where (laughs) even by trying to survive within it you then have to forego the actual um purpose of yeah, your your original remit. Yeah, yeah. It all gets. Watch me, watch me segue this into our, the rest of our episode. <laughs> yeah. Go 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 go. How about them unions? Hey, <laughs> hey. How about them unions? <laughs> and what's the deal with unions? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, we can't. I'm sorry, we can't move off the uh, BBC thing yet because we haven't done the quote from the end of the Peston article. Oh, oh yes. Shit. Okay, you see, you stop trying to move things on. Just fucking, just whatever. Just, just, just chat. Just wallow. Chat just, it. You know, fuck it. Yeah, just wallow God. in our misery. If you're still <laughs> listening, you're all down here with us. We'll I had a really good edit. segue, though. I wanted to get it in. I'm sorry. Right. The episode's going to be three hours long. It's what the audience wants. Yeah, I'm half drunk, so whatever. You have to listen. <laughs> right, so so Peston, um, 
everyone's favourite. He did an article about uh, Joris Bonson and Dom Cummings wanting to like pick the new director general. Um, and it finished with what is, frankly, like an incredible sentence for anyone to have written. Um, all of which means Clementi needs to find the broadcasting equivalent of Henry Kissinger to replace Hall. It won't be easy. <laughs> I mean, Hall, Hall's the director general that stepped down. I have yeah. no fucking idea what he's going for. Well, Hall, Hall famously refused to bomb Cambodia. <laughs> I know what we need possible? to get like the BBC director just needs to be in you know mid-American uh, uh, countries just overthrowing left-wing governments lo- everywhere this analogy is so beyond me usually you can sort of see what the broke brain liberals are going for but I cannot think of a single positive sort of attribute that you can pin on Henry Kissinger that you would want on the well, BBC's director general. It's like an, an, a, a, hard, a hard right, uh, uh, you know, policy realist in the guise of a great statesman. I mean, who the fuck knows what, what Robert Peston's thinking? He's like the, the lounge lizard of television news. <laughs> this fucking unbuttoned shirt, I know. Just, yeah, with like, you know what I mean? A, a medallion in, embedded in his chest hair, like interviewing people at a 45 degree angle as he sort of like slouches. Would well, you remember how everybody got like super upset about uh, Jacob Rees-Mogg lying on a couch in the House of Commons? Like, that's how Peston always looks everywhere. Like this slouchy... Like you say, lounge lizard hiding out in the back drinking shandies. If Jacob Rees-Mogg wants to lounge like that, he can get a job on ITV News like everybody else. (laughs) Well, he could get it maybe with, uh, watch this segue, he can get it with Jess Flips. Uh, Stop trying to segue. (laughs) And stop stop pronouncing it segue. (laughs) It's segue from the Italian segue, which means follows. Yeah, because you because you zip around on a scooter from one topic to the next. I've been I reading... would I would no wait, but I I would genuinely watch daytime <laughs> TV hosted by Jacob B. Smog and Jess Phillips. So anyway, this is, I would this watch is that. Turned out to be an, a fucking incredible segue. <laughs> <laughs> the only the only thing I can think of is that Peston needed to find talented person, right, for his his uh Oh, they got to find a, bro- a broadcasting equivalent of yeah, yeah, so yeah. and so. And Peston is such a a fucking ghoul, such a a, a, a natsec neoliberal fuck that what comes to mind for him for for very talented and you know competent person is Henry fucking Kissinger. <laughs> what it was, David, David had- Attenborough is right there. Fucking David Attenborough yeah. is right what he, there. What he did was he. Um, he rolled a D100 and consulted there's a, a little known table at the back of the uh, D&D rulebook for war criminals and I believe Kissinger I think he rolled a 37 the broadcasting number, we need to find the broadcasting equivalent of, of Adolf Hitler to replace Hall yeah the broadcasting equivalent of Joseph Mengler to replace Hall it won't be easy <laughs> Maybe maybe what he means is they need someone who when they when when he dies there's going to be a fucking party like the world has never seen. Yeah. Interestingly, when, on that D one hundred table, numbers eighty to one hundred are all Tony Blair. Yeah. 
who, by the way, also came out of his fucking crypt this week to to <laughs> do a video. I don't know if you guys saw it. Um, he did a video on Twitter from the Tony Blair Institute where he said, essentially, Jeremy Corbyn has said true but mean things about me. Now, let me throw stats at you and, and to prove that everything was better. And I actually didn't do Thatcherism, but in a new way. <laughs> see, I, d- I didn't see that, but I did hear that. And that was why I was up, out banging on the bins trying to chase away weasels the other night. <laughs> 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 that would be amazing if he's like you're banging on the bins and all of a sudden like Tony Blair's hat pops out of the garbage going like <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ <laughs> I mean I'll tell you something guys if if I was the director general of the BBC I would simply not be biased it's it's very easy. I don't know yeah. what the problem is. I don't know what what Peston's getting at or, or why this needs. Yeah. If, uh, if I was if I was the director general of the BBC, I would simply not petition Richard Nixon to drop nuclear weapons on Vietnam. <laughs> Famously non-biased person Henry Kissinger. That is the true centrist position. It's like Rory Bremner was in the room. Yeah. If you're listening, Dominic Cummings, and I'm sure you are, you can just hire us. Like we'll just the four That's of us great. will take that job. I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, should we should we seg you onto something else? <laughs> stop saying seg. <laughs> Who the fuck is yelling "Stop saying seg you" at my house? <laughs> I will never stop segging. <laughs> All right. This okay. is by far the worst episode we've done. This okay. Is a very, so, very poor episode. So, so the labor leadership. Ah, <clears throat> uh, farewell, Jess Flips. We hardly uh, knew ye. I mean, we knew fucking me, much about you. You lived your life just like a candle in the wind. <laughs> she lasted 18 days. 18 days. 18 That's days. Amazing. The- <laughs> what was that? What was the magazine? She had that that um, that 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 massive face uh, photo shoot cover. Was that Grazia? Oh, oh my she- god. Oh. That's po- Jesse, yeah. <laughs> the Sunday Times magazine, big sultry sort of. I'm the super competent politician who's going to be on every magazine cover and lead the Labour Party, and you're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I just looked this up for you, and the massive headshot one in yeah. the Sunday Times magazine. Oh, Interestingly, yeah, the one with the Rebel, t- the, Rebel. The, no, that's the <laughs> Times magazine. <laughs> oh, woe is me, not knowing the difference between the Times magazine and the Sunday oh, Times dear. magazine. Hand, I'll hand him a podcasting badge. <laughs> You're is, just so down to earth, just I mean, like just Phillips. I'm keeping the fucking gun, though. It's amazing that this this her her self promotion fucking worked because this is someone who couldn't formulate a coherent policy on fucking flipboard markers, and by just nonstop talking about herself and bigging herself up and just behaving as if she was great. Um, yeah, can but do, I mean, I'm being is, cheerled on by the worst numpties. You know, yeah, you would... they all. Fa- I mean, they, they. I don't know if they're being disingenuous or if they fell for it. Honestly, no, I don't at this think point, they are. Whether they're just stupid or 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 vile doesn't really matter to me anymore, right? The, 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 uh, uh. You'd think they would have learned from Joe Swinson that you can't just say your name loads and loads and hope that people will vote for you. Like you, you do actually need. to... Well, I mean, you you, you need to not to say your name genocide so much. Some woodland creatures. It was insane. Just kill less squirrels, and you're in. 
<laughs> Jess Phillips is, is really a one woman change UK the independent group yes <laughs> yes perfect <laughs> oh, uh, no but it's I mean, I mean it was extraordinary and then I mean it was an entirely shite campaign it was based on nothing but Jess Phillips saying I'm Jess Phillips and I'm therefore great what were the up- policies uh, no no she was gonna no, be she did, talk real she didn't have any no, she didn't have any policies. Her policies was were speak truth to power, I guess. Uh-huh. It's, the, it's, the, it's the same thing. It's the exact same thing as, like you said, the Change UK bullshit and a million other centrists where the media crowns them and mm-hmm. just says, these people are electable. And you go, right, why are they electable? And you go, well, they're electable. Stop asking questions. Yeah, well, and then they try to get elected and they're because- not electable. Yeah. It's, it's the... What honestly, does, what, what, what I can't really get my head around is the political instincts of like a fucking meerkat or something. Was it not? <laughs> was it not obvious to her that she was a useful anti-Corbyn symbol during the Corbyn tenure? And now that he's out of the way and Keir Starmer is the is the big electable front runner, what did she think was going to happen? Did she not understand that she was being used in a way? Did she not understand that there was an ulterior motive to the support she had from the press? How do you be a politician and not understand these very fucking basic political things like motivations and I mean, alignments and ideologies? What, what is- I mean, ego. Ego blinds <sighs> you. Well, I mean, the thing is, she didn't get into politics to, like, win things and, and have policies. She got into politics to grift as much as humanly possible. I'm not sure. Like, I don't think that, that she got into not this by design. I mean, I think it is now because she's convinced herself that she has an important voice, right? Uh, no, I mean, uh, there's uh, is it Loki Nash on Twitter's been doing yeah a spot of like you know independent uh, investigative journalism, and she's done a bunch of shady shit with like paying people. Like the she's paid people oh, yeah. to nominate her for the leadership. It seems like she's made some payments to MPs who've then yeah to to like MPs uh, um, war chest essentially yeah and then they've they've turned around and nominated her for for unrelated reasons which is very American like that's very that's typically American they do that all the time over there. I yeah. mean, you know, mm. you can call it lobbying or you know by its actual name, which is bribery. But- yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't think that she's. I don't think she's actually grifting. I think she might be in it for power, or she might just be, you know, her her brain's too big to comprehend ideology. But it's entirely smoothed out. No, I mean, she's. You know, it, it. It's not even that she doesn't understand ideology. She's beyond ideology. She's. You know, the sort of perfect. You know, if in neoliberalism we are all complete individuals, individual is the most important thing, then she's the ideal politician because she exists as nothing but the individual. No, I think I think <laughs> she she's, her, her long term her, her long term plan is to leave politics and get a directorship somewhere or become like a, a one of those celebrities who's you know you know the the very quintessential British kind of celebrity who's just a celebrity. That's what they're famous for. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. No, think, no. She's she's I think six she's, months she's out had, from doing um, uh, uh, "Get Me Out of Here" or whatever it's called. But I think she's had like you know two and a half weeks in the leadership election. Realized she was going to crash and or fucking burn, and decided she'd better drop that while it's hot 
before it damages the brand. Yeah, because if she loses, she's a loser. But if she quits, then she made a disciplined choice. Yeah. yeah. All the all the all the bloody opinion heads that told us that Jess Phillips is is actually great and is what the Labour Party really needs. Blah blah. They do it. All of them have the exact same uh, take on why she dropped out, uh, and that's not because she's shite and because she doesn't have a message. Um, I'm going to read you like four headlines uh, <laughs> yeah, <go> on. <laughs> from four different journals. Wait, wait, wait. Jess before, Phillips, before you start, wait, are any guess? of them are any of them about how she caught she visibly caught on fire when asked basic questions at the hustings? <laughs> <laughs> no, weirdly enough, it's not. All right, so this is uh, Tom Peck writing, I think, in The Independent. Uh, Jess Phillips accidentally made clear why Labour is doomed. Uh, Labour needs a leader that can unite the party uh, even when others are still desperate to lose. John Crace, Jess Phillips realises the folly of speaking truth to out of power. John Pina, what is the political price of honesty? And then, of course, everybody's favorite vampire, John Rental. It's a nice segue into it. Uh, Jess Phillips Fuck pulling off. out of the Labour Party means party members won't hear uncomfortable truths. John Rental, the spectacular Dracula. <laughs> I, I always think Rent-A-Ghoul. Like, he's a ghoul, but he's so shit, he's not even like a proper ghoul. He's like a Rent-A-Ghoul. There's no, no one permanent contract for goals in Tory Britain. <laughs> he's clearly a Dracula. I um that's Man, so like... she is she, what she was uncomfortable for Labour because she was telling them inconvenient truths like she didn't say anything. No, no, she, she just said it. Corbin bad. Corbin bad. Yeah, <laughs> jinx. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, my my favorite thing about her candidacy is that everyone keeps saying, "Oh, she was speaking truth to power. She was there to speak truth to power," and that wasn't a slogan. It was speak truth, win power. But it was, it was so it was so shit and ineffectual that everyone just like you know to spare her the embarrassment, everyone subconsciously adjusted it to speak truth to power. Memory but yeah, I mean the, the problem the problem with like your rentals and your dunts and all those and your O'Briens and all those kind of fucking idiots is they just they just have the horn for any woman who sounds a bit regional. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, basically that what it is. Do you know what I mean? But they but they won't like you. You can't get a think piece in the Guardian published there are if you exceptions. just admit that. Not too regional now. We wouldn't want Scottish people getting any ideas. Um, I mean, but, none of them like Rebecca Long Bailey. <laughs> Right, no, but like you know, that's because she's saying the wrong things. If if a woman has a regional accent and she's like she thinks Tony Blair was great and you should maybe privatize some of the NHS, then like you know that that's brilliant and she's the second coming of Jesus Christ. Importantly, she Third, needs to call after Tony. She needs to call tap water council pop. <laughs> oh, that's that's the most important. Yeah, yeah, no, it's that kind of. Oh, Who fucking does that? I'm sure some people do that, but what the fuck? I mean, no, that means sure, you're talking council, about the language of aspiration, which is what we need so, to talk about. It's like a council 1950s juice, postcard or something. A council pop. Yeah, but it says pop. It's council juice, right? Victorians, because it's not. It's not fizzy. It's not fizzy, right? Well, I mean, give give the Tories a few years of liberalising the water markets, and we'll be surprised by how fizzy <laughs> yeah. our tap water can get. Oh, it's high in mineral content. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's good. For what you. really strikes me about the Labour leadership thing is that no, Phillips is out. Um, Rebecca Longbill has got the 
no more trigger ballots, you know, open selections for MPs thing that she's put out now. Even Nandi's got some, like, stuff around her. Kier Starmer's just been... I mean, I know he's been around and doing stuff, but it's just sort of... Kier Starmer is the front runner, but I've n- not heard a single thing. No, neither have I. I'm really confused. Keir Starmer, Keir Starmer has cancelled all of his um, campaigning for the, the for a few days because his mother was involved in a car accident or something like that. Okay. Really? Okay. Yeah, well, that's yes. yeah, okay. Like, that's, I mean? like, that sucks for him. Starmer's a melt, but like it, you know what I mean. It's extenuating circumstances that you haven't heard anything from him. No, but even before that, I've not yeah. like you know he went. I, I'm aware that he was at the hustings, but the, I didn't see any. I didn't see any clips. I didn't see any quotes. I didn't, you know, it's just people saying that he's the front runner, but no actual concrete yeah, well, anything. What for- happened there was John Rentoul taught him the secret of appearing as a mist. <laughs> <laughs> Can Keith Starmer come only come into television studios where he's invited? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, Starmer, yeah, he getting some flack because he hired a bunch of people who worked on, was it Owen Smith's campaign? Mm. Sorry, li- sorry. They're all Labour, Labour Owen, first shit. Owen, Owen Superdick uh, Smith, who, who, who Frothy beat Coffee. off. Who, 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 who beat famously off. beat off a bunch of men <laughs> for his wife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it will never not be <laughs> Oh my God. That entire campaign was such a fucking train wreck. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. But he also, so, so Keir Starmer hired a bunch of people from right-wing labor groups, campaigns. But, but he, nobody gave a shit about that. He also, sort of left-wing Twitter. Yeah, but he also apparently hired a bunch of people from the Corbyn campaign, including some high-profile names. I don't remember what they were just now. I think, yeah, um, from Owen Smith's from Owen Smith's campaign, he hired the uh, the ice cream man that turned up at that one <laughs> rally to give everyone, to give all six people a, a free Cornetto. <laughs> Set the campaign pack literally seven pounds. Um, but I'm, I'm surprised that Nandy made it onto the ballot. I didn't think she would, but GMB backed her, so she's in. Um, yeah. So Starmer seems to me to be, this is the first time I've seen a centrist who seems to like actually believe in what centrism should be, which means he's not just, you know, uh, acquiescing to the right. He's also acquiescing to the left a little bit. He released a campaign video that, that, that prominently featured momentum campaign people and young activists and stuff. And he seems to be reaching out to left branches of the party as well as right branches. And he might have the political new and competence to uh, get some conciliatory uh, deal yeah, in place. I mean, something maybe I don't know. Probably not. But you know, the maybe. thing is, the, the right, the right are, uh, are painting him as the unity candidate. And, yeah. And so the question is, I don't want to fall for has that. Has he now. has he taken the, the 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 phrase like the mantle of unity candidate to heart and and he's actually planning to build a coalition of the left and the right if he becomes leader and and find a way for everyone to work together and and push a policy slate that everyone can at least tolerate or is he only pretending that he'll do that so that he can get elected and then just shift ever rightwards 
No, I think he's pretending and really and waiting to screw And really, whether, whether, whichever way it is, is it worth taking that risk? I mean, I mean it's not, he's not going to be able to do it anyway, though, because A, the left wing of the party is, from, from people I've talked to, is not really amenable to compromise with the right wing right now. The thing is not, oh, we can do a bit of neoliberalism. It's neoliberalism is dead, and if we don't get our shit together real fucking quick, mm-hmm. then we're all going to die. And the right, every time you see, every time I've seen at least someone talk about sort of Keir Starmer, it's, yeah, yeah, he's just making those left wing, no, those left wing noises until he gets elected, the membership approves him, and then he'll go right. Plus, I don't, I, I generally don't trust him when he does left wing things and smears start to yeah. not, you know. I mean, the thing is, even if you did trust him, why would you? Why would you take the com- the compromise candidate when we could just have the left candidate and tell the right to get fucked? Yeah, again, that's Absolutely. an excellent question. I'm just. I mean, the only it's... the only the only danger is that there might be people who have you know really been knocked back by the election result and think that maybe you know we have to compromise or we're or we're going to lose the the party entirely. And yeah, frankly, they're going to overcompensate a little bit. I mean, I've seen a lot of takes. I've seen a lot of takes from people saying, um, you know, ideological purity is bad and doesn't mean anything if you can't get elected. But equally, if you get elected and you don't have left-wing policies, then yeah. what's the fucking yeah, difference? Yeah, I mean, that's that's just that's bullshit. That I'd, I'd rather, you know, let's say we lost the election. We had, we had a, a solid set of left-wing policies. Um, you know, the the Brexit policy was the one that fucked us, I think. But the rest of it was good despite people crowing about fucking free broadband being a distraction or whatever bullshit. Star Wars Brexit policy, by the way. Yeah, but it was it was a solid solid slate of left-wing policies and, you know, we lost. And so, you know, we, we didn't win the election, but we were right. I'd rather we lost the election for being right than we won the election by being wrong. Yes. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know what I mean, you left wing purity. You know, you can't you can't be Tony Blair and you can't help the the poor by privatizing huge chunks of the NHS and you know, like mm-hmm. selling off everything that isn't nailed down if you don't win the elections. People, and the, my my question is, why the fuck would you want to? Yeah, people are going to panic because of the election loss, and they're going to think short termists, and they're going to forget that you have principles and as a political party it is your job to advocate and stand for your principles and your ideology and if the general public doesn't agree with you and they vote for the other guy you don't turn into the other guy to get them to vote for you you try to change the general public's mind you lead you have to represent you have to stand for something and people are going to panic and they're going to forget and they're and they're not going to realize that the Tony Blair years were not that long ago and the legacy of labor failure still is pretty strong and it wasn't enough time to undo all that and it's and it's a, it's a much bigger project. This leaves us, I mean, this leaves the left and labor in a vulnerable position because it's much easier for the, the, the labor right to just constantly um, heckle and nag. But um, it that's what has to happen. And I'm not even a fucking labor member. I see this very clearly. Um, yeah. I just, just just for the sake of everyone's mental health, if it is Starmer, that's not the worst. It could no, have it's not the worst thing. No, no, no. That's like there's still the a, worst thing would have been. You can desperate. work with that. I reckon you can probably work with that. Yeah, 
I mean, well, it depends, and the, the but we'll see. But speak, the important thing to remember is not to invite John Rentoul into the party because then, <laughs> like, you He's lose in. any power you have. And he can only come in if you invite him, so. Exactly. Oh, man. Uh, but can I can I give you just one more bit about the, the Labour leadership, which is just literally just published oh, a few yeah. seconds ago on the on the mirror and it's um the person we've all forgotten about because we there's no reason to remember her which is emily thornbury um uh-huh. oh drunk aunt emily she did an interview with the mirror and you know she's like i'm radical my own way blah 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 and this is the her opening pitch um and i'll, I'll i'm just going to read this straight off the website um emily thornbury the leadership contender uh, her big idea for uh to solve housing is a lottery in each council for 20 somethings who want to live live in a subsidized block of flat flats oh my god her plan would involve would involve charging tenants up to half their salary uh rather than the exorbitant two-thirds which many are forced to shell out Thornbury said they would have to move out as soon as they turn 30, but this would give them the time to save up for a deposit. What? (laughs) Yes. This is is such a bad idea on so many levels. I I genuinely can't respond to that because that just slid off my brain as you were saying (laughs) it. Just gained no purchase whatsoever. Hang on. So, 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 So first there's a lottery system. Yes. Then there's then there's subsidized housing that still costs fifty percent of your income, up to half your salary. Yeah, rather yeah. than the exorbitant two thirds of your salary, so fifty percent. Cool. Okay, great. Right. So has, anyone, has anyone explained how guillotines work to her? Because that seems like a much more efficient and simple solution to the problem this of exorbitant rents. This guillotine only takes off half of your head as opposed to the exorbitant two-thirds of the French one. Yeah, but, um, like, if you're only paying half your salary in rent, right, because you've won you, this lottery... You can save up for a deposit to buy exactly. a house and get on the property ladder. That means that, like, Fuck your off. entire Deliveroo salary can go to your rent, <coughs> but half of your uh, Mechanical Turk salary can go for saving for a deposit. So you're fine. You're great. How does that work with couples? Do you have to, like, pay half of both salaries? Is it, What if one person's... 27 but one person's third like so so many questions so many questions so many questions right, many basically questions. you get you get a tube and you live in the tube until you're <laughs> too large to, to fit in the tube anymore and then you move out and then you get a new tube i remember when i used to live in london i mean you get your own you get a new tube but you're on your own there you can you know if you haven't saved enough money to buy a, a tube in london then fuck you yeah, if you don't, if you can't afford a house in London by the time you're thirty, then quite frankly, you're a scrounger and you should be killed. Mm-hmm. I love the I love this sort of thing where it's it's only the young people who struggle. Everybody who's in their thirties is already fine now. And yeah, it's only just, it's only twenty nine and down. They're the yeah. ones that need those like coffin hotels. Is that what they call them in in um, Japan? Capsule hotels. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. <laughs> Slightly less ominous and have less genre and tools in them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, obviously, I mean, obviously, he get he would get a tube and until his three thousandth birthday, but it would be filled with the soil of his homeland. <laughs> Maybe he could get one on the ship next, and he can like terrorize the passengers. Was that, 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 that idea a while ago from some fucking Tory to build new prisons on ships out in the North Sea? Why did I hallucinate that? Um, that sounds like a thing a Tory would say. Did- that sounds like 
that one fucking dipshit who was saying that, like, you know, if Brexit like if Brexit fucks up immigration and we don't have anyone to pick fruit anymore, we should just like herd up, like round up like yeah. the disabled and use them as scarecrows or something. I, I cannot remember the guy's name, but I can see his stupid fucking face like smirking out of a newspaper article about <laughs> how to efficiently burn the poor for fuel. <laughs> but oh, nah, I, I can't, yeah. can't think of the name at all. Ah, uh, fair enough. Yeah, right. and speaking so, of using John Cuntington or something like that. Yeah. And, <laughs> and speaking of using the burning the pool for fuel, excellent thank you. Are we skipping Nandy? Has she done anything? I mean, it's not that but, interesting. Well, she's done and, that. Shit well, about- Nan- Nandy was advocating for like crushing the Scottish with tanks. Yeah, mm. <laughs> yeah, and arresting I mean, their political leaders and <laughs> I yeah carpet bombing it's that's great okay. because she 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 started with we need to do an international think tank um uh, of examples where progressive socialism has beaten back divisive nationalism and her examples of where this has happened was catalonia and quebec now i don't know enough about the quebec libre uh, uh libre um, <laughs> Liberté de Quebec? <laughs> Quebec segue? <laughs> no, I said Quebec book first. I said Quebec livre, um, which is not the same as, as libre. Mm. Uh, anyway. So <laughs> this is a really great Class Quebec. A episode. This is, this is where <laughs> smashing it this here. This is fantastic. But Où est le boulangerie? <laughs> I'm so glad we have an editor. <laughs> Oh, I mean, I hope he's I hope he's left money in his his monthly budget for gin because this is gonna <laughs> fucking destroy him otherwise. But basically, we all everyone saw the footage when the Catlins had a referendum, and yeah. they were attacked in the streets by the Spanish police sent in by a Francoist government. So definitely not a progressive socialist government by by a Francoist government. Um, now. She may have been referring to, and if she was, I don't know why she didn't say it until like later on when she had time to come up with her excuse. Um, apparently, the the current prime minister of Spain, uh, Sanchez, something like that, is from a left party, and apparently, independent sentiment in Catalonia has died down a little bit, and this is what she might think is is. Uh, I mean. Possibly because they got their really, heads smashed in. I really fucking hope his name is Sanchez for your sake. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, that's going to sound fucking atrocious. Sanchez or something like that. <laughs> it's Pe- Pedro Sanchez. There, yeah. There you go. <laughs> Pedro Sanchez. Uh, so he's from uh, he's from a left-ish party, right? He's uh, yeah, ish. Uh, he's the he's essentially the social democrat party. Yeah, so Nandi's may have been, if we're like operating in the best faith, she may have been referring to Sanchez's uh, PSOE policies having reached out successfully to the Catlins and sort of quelled their lust for independence a little bit. Despite this, the, the Sanchez government is still upholding the, um, the, 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 the prosecution order for Catlin politicians. Uh, they're still trying. I mean, they're still trying to get the Catlin professor at St Andrews deported and arrested. Uh, it's not that great. And regardless of what Sanchez is doing, 
when Nandi talks about divisive nationalism in, 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 in terms of Catalonia, she is betraying a vast ignorance of what Catalan politics actually are. Well, I mean, Nandi and vast ignorance is really, you know, that's sort of her trademark, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I mean, if we're feeling I mean, I if guess. we're feeling generous, she might have meant all of that sort of stuff. But I'm not feeling generous, so she definitely wanted to bomb Scotland. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> could Probably. see it in her eyes. Oh yeah, yeah no, no, Phillips. she has she has dead squirrel energy for sure. Jess oh yeah, Phillips Scotland, had a Scotland is going to be her Iraq. Scotland. That was really funny. Yeah, Jess Phillips was was like, I don't know why they care so much about independence up there, up the road. You know, <laughs> she really cares about the Waynes in Glasgow. Does does Jess Phillips? Um, but yeah, so Nandy's thing was that I don't know if she's done anything else. She seems a bit blue labory, like the kind who might um, put the border controls back up and sell those mugs again. They probably have a bunch of boxes in a storeroom. Somewhere. Yeah, oh, I mean, yeah, blue labor yeah. Is essentially, yes, we want to nationalize the trains, but also, why aren't the jobs going to proper British people? Yeah, also, we want to nationalize the foreigners. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think Nandy with a, a plans to sort of like drop heavy ordnance across <laughs> Scotland. When she crashes out of the leadership election, she can probably apply for a director general. Yeah, mm. <laughs> it's great. It's, it's not like Scottish people watch the BBC anymore. Um, yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna talk a little bit about this kind of person, this sort of blue labour archetype. I don't know if you've ever met any like sort of uh, uh, young communist party members or or or, or, or any uh, young labor um, members, which uh, can have the same kind of person. You know, the person who's 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 very convinced that you have to reach out to ordinary working class people by being performatively ordinary working class person, right? So no funny haircuts, no funky hair colors. Uh, like the football, you drink the carling, um, you wear fucking knockoff Burberry, I guess. Uh, and you're a tiny bit racist. You, you know, yeah, and you're racist, and you're transphobic, and you're sexist. Yeah, for certain, and... for certain definitions of tiny bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I've definitely met these people, and there's this, there's this performative, almost Stachanovite kind of glorification of the working man, and... and what their ideal of the working man is, um, which hasn't it hasn't existed in at least thirty years, if not more. No, they mean what they're really doing is 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 glorifying the lumpen proletariat, but it gives them a a sort of socialist excuse for being sexist and racist, which is what people what a lot of these people just really want. They want a morally acceptable reason to be dismissive yeah. of things that scare them. Yeah, the commentariat is um, is just all up in the working class's shit constantly, as long as it's an excuse to to do like one of the classic isms. Mm-hmm. If you see if you see working class people say, you know, maybe it would be nice if the trains like worked and didn't cost seven hundred pounds a ticket. Mm-hmm. Nobody listens to that. That's mm-hmm. that's just some bullshit. But when well, you, like, know you know who wanted to make the trains work on time. <laughs> well, <laughs> I know, but when when like. Walkington man decides that you know black people should have to carry ID cards. Then that's that's a sensible policy suggestion, and we should definitely give him a spot on fucking question time, mm-hmm. both in never, the in the audience and on the panel. Uh, yeah, I just don't understand this like fascination that the media has with assuming that everybody who earns under thirty thousand pounds a year is incredibly socially conservative. 
Well, it's a convenient lie, isn't it? Yeah. Because, like... It, it means they could do that the while big, saying well, that it's they're not, trying it's, to... It's not that so much. It's the, you know, like, the the big thing with socialism is that we should, like, maybe the, the billionaires should fuck off and we should, like, give some of the poor people some money. That's so that they don't very succinctly summarized. Good job. I'm going to put... <laughs> and you know what I mean? And, and so you copy it, it's hypocritical of you to to be left wing and say we should give we should give the working class like a chance and we should help them but then also like you know not, not support like genocide or something which is a, which is obviously a, a popular working class position despite the fact you know obviously you can find working class people who believe all sorts of shit but you know it it's just it's just to discredit the idea that the working class have a place in politics, you go, well, they do have a place in politics and it's doing racism. And if you try to argue for, that, that maybe racism is bad, well, you're anti-working class. Yeah, if you try to argue that, yeah. if you try to argue that we should nationalize stuff, well then like, you know, why are you siding with the racists? It's just, it's a convenient position that you can just adapt to any kind of rhetorical argument you're currently in the process of making. Absolutely. No, nobody really believes what they're saying about it. You know what I mean? It's, it's just handy camouflage as are 99% of all fucking political arguments nowadays. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, you're, you're, you're spot on. That's, that, that's a, that's a good summary there. That's, that's a, it's a Yeah. If anyone's if anyone's if anyone's interested in in the rhetorical counter to someone pulling that kind of shit or indeed any kind of shit in an argument, it's just call them a cunt. <laughs> that, that works. Yeah, or just refer them to this excellent podcast. <laughs> um, I, mean, I think calling them a cunt's bad enough. You don't have to. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can you can go one better if if you really if you really need like the big guns, you can call them a shit cunt. Oh, but generally, big generally swears. That, big swears. Generally, big swears. you reserve that for like Toby Young. <laughs> I will reserve yeah. nothing for Toby Young. No, no reservations were made for this yeah. for Toby Young. We're not putting I mean, him on a I've reservation been, either. I have interacted with these people in they they pop up in like online um, spaces as as like friends of friends, you know, through the little sort of chain of chain of contact because. The political scene in Scotland is not that big, um, and it's usually on topics like legalizing sex work, um, trans rights, uh, pro immigration stuff, and they just take all the social reactionary stances. They're they're also all pro Brexit, which is amazing. Um, even the Lexit people are actually right wing. Uh, <laughs> it's just um, and. It's 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 very much this sort of this role play of you know just being good old factory working class socialist who likes all the reasonable things and dislikes all the reasonable things, um, but it's great. I mean, I've been called a I've been called a goth freak, and they spelled it with the F's. I don't know if that was performative. That was I, I thought it was funny. These are Scottish people, um, or no, sorry. One of them Scottish, the rest of them in in this communist group are are English people who moved up to Scotland. So maybe it's a it's an accent thing, but uh, because I've got long hair, you see, and I play music, so I'm clearly not um, able to empathise or communicate or interact with working class people, even though I'm literally self employed and all my money comes from things that I organise and that I do myself, like with my own two hands. Um, working class famously hate music. 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. They they uh, they just listen to the sounds of drills and uh, and yeah. Uh, I mean that's 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 barking. the thing though, isn't it? That it, it it's it's you see you see it deployed as a convenient stick against intersectionality because there are no like famously there are no working class women there are no working class black people there are no working class trans people mm-hmm. all working class people are straight white men in their fifties and 50s, they have fans. Yeah, so you always see it when when Labour go, you know, maybe we should like be fair to everyone, and people go, oh yeah, that'll win your votes in like Middlesbrough if you start talking about yeah, trans yeah. rights, and it's like, what you think there aren't any trans people in Middlesbrough for fuck's sake? But it, no, that's no, no, not, they're, that's they're not all London they're, elites. That's yeah. not yeah. Well, that's not what they're saying though. What they're saying is like we we would quite happy we would be we would quite prefer it if if trans people didn't have any rights. So we're going to try and get you to stop talking about it by painting mm-hmm. your insistence on fairness as a betrayal of your working of your professed working class sympathies. And nah, just fuck it, like it's, you know what I mean. It's similar to the U.S. thing where the Bernie Sanders supporters are sexist Bernie Bros, right? They're, yeah. they're yeah, misogynists, yeah. and they're and it's because they're not voting for Warren or they didn't vote for Hillary. When like, never mind that after Hillary lost the primary, a large chunk of her voters went Republican. Right, right, a larger chunk than Bernie primary voters went Republican, and that's one of the accusations, right? That the Bernie Bros are sexist and they and they. Uh, hated Hillary, so when Bernie didn't get the nomination, they voted Trump instead. The the fiends, um, what when of course Bernie Sanders' base is by far the most diverse in terms of gender, in terms of race, in terms of you know uh, class, in 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 terms of any demographic meter that you could apply. But no, the sexist Bernie Bros, including a majority of of women, and one of my favorite Twitter interactions was, um, I'm sorry. Um, a majority of Bernie supporters are women, and he posts the stats, and he's like, uh, "Look, it says forty percent of them are men." He's like, "Yeah, yeah. <laughs> where do you think the other sixty percent is going?" That was that was incredible. The, the statistics <laughs> understander has logged on. <laughs> That's fantastic. But it's the exact same yeah. thing. It's just a cudgel. It's a it's a it's a performative cudgel, and they don't really yeah. give a shit. And we shouldn't yeah, you see, either. You see it. You see it in those arguments because they say, "Oh, all all of Bernie's supporters are straight white dudes," but also they constantly like sort of try and attack Bernie at angles that'll like discourage women from supporting them and discourage black people from supporting them. Yeah. And and it's just well, if if all of his supporters are white dudes, you don't really need to discourage anyone so, else. But I do think you? we're doing like a aren't we doing a US poll episode later? We guys? are doing. We, yes, I'll be doing know, a US. Yeah, this poll. was all, this was all a clever yeah. clever segue into <laughs> into a plug for the to plug the upcoming, the upcoming US upcoming politics episode, episode. I will be talking about uh, all your favorite moments in the campaign trail, all the really funny shit that's happened, and we're gonna just. It, it's going to be great. I, I can't do the voice. I'm sorry. I'm not going to do it. Going to be talking about the millionaires and the billionaires. <laughs> yeah, good. Okay. Anyway, uh, I think we have one more big topic. Uh, yeah, I mean... Are we, the- are we ready to move on? Does anyone want to say anything else Please about- do. Please let's move on. Because yes. I mean, we're an hour in. This is going to be... Are we? Yeah, go uh. on. All right. Anyway, uh, so the next second big thing we were going to discuss tonight um, is uh, it's that time of the year where all the vampires and capitalist and capitalist vampire get, get together uh, in a little village in Switzerland called uh, Davos, and they have themselves a big old conference called the World Economic Forum, which is a just a hideous affair. Um, 
that draws everybody together from uh, the world of giant mega corporation, uh, big neoliberal politics, and then uh, some good people that have sort of been that they've raised their gates for. Uh, so this and, is not the Bilderberg Group, yeah? No, 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 no. The Bilderberg Group. <laughs> no, that's another group of vampires. Um, that that they they may actually be Ooh, literal careful. vampires. Anti-Semitic. <laughs> I don't know. Sorry. All I know about the Bilderberg Group is from Deus Ex. So um... sorry, carry on. <laughs> Yeah, so Davos is actually the uh, Majestic Twelve. Yeah, yes, this is very good. That 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 is probably the uh, the best uh, comparison. Is um, that <laughs> if anybody's still listening to this fucking episode? <coughs> um, uh, and this year, well, I think we've if nothing else, we've conclusively proven we shouldn't be allowed to do a podcast without an adult in the room. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what are you talking? Or at least like podcast daddies here. Well, oh, yeah. Up. The podcast daddy is half cut before he starts. So, um, <laughs> all right. So this year's theme is called, um, and and I'm sure you'll f- all feel inspired by this. Uh, is called stakeholders for a co- cohesive and sustainable world. Oh, I'm hard. Yeah, I know. I'm just rock hard. Um, and <laughs> one of the better economists around, uh, Maria Mazzucato, uh, described it on Twitter quite correctly as, um, "This is a conference where billionaires tell millionaires how the middle class should live." Uh huh. Yes. So, I mean, essentially, Davos is. It's been around for about thirty years, and it, it it it's one of the biggest public-facing events where neoliberalism tells you, but mainly tells itself, that it's great, uh, that there's nothing wrong with it, that it's mm-hmm. the best way for running the world. It's in fact, it's not just the best way; it's the only way of organizing society. Um, and the way they do this is is uh, and and you'll see this a lot in this sort of elite conference dialogue thing is they tell you that yes there are flaws so like um, the World Economic Forum acknowledges that climate change is going to be a fucking disaster they acknowledge that uh, income inequality is a problem they acknowledge that you know um, uh, minorities and, and, and rights are still a problem but they will also tell you that the only way to solve that is through existing power structures and essentially by applying more market-based solutions. So, so something like um, uh, cap and trade is very uh, uh, Davos because it's, okay, um, climate change is a giant problem. How do we solve this? Well, we just introduce more and better markets to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. They are, they are getting like slightly more panicked every year. Yes. Like for a few years, they've been doing the, oh, well, that climate change thing, should we maybe do something about that? Look, everyone, we're, we're aware of the problem and nothing gets done. And then the next year, they're like a little bit more frantic. Maybe we should really do something about this. Like they'll they'll get um, Greta Thunberg out there to tell them they're all a bunch of useless pricks. And then they'll just sort of like go... Yeah, well, that that was that was some very good points and well made, and then just do nothing. Yeah, they didn't even do that. They had some guy on stage with her, and he went, "Who's this child? She should go to university and study economics." Uh, that was or the U.S. Treasury Secretary uh, Steve Mnuchin. Of course, it was. It was. Just to give you like a, a flavor of of what type of um, world these people live in, I'll give you the titles of the last five conferences. Uh, so this one, the current one, is stakeholders for a cohesive and sustainable world. Last year, it was Globalization 4.0. Uh, 
<laughs> the, the year before that, it was creating a shared future in a fractured world. Uh, Love it. The year before that, it was responsive and responsible leadership. And the year before that, 2016, was mastering the fourth industrial revolution. What was what was the one from last year, I think you said? Globalization 4.0, shaping a global architecture in the age of the fourth industrial revolution. I mean, I'm, I miss globalization's 2.0 and 3.0, if I'm if I'm being completely honest. Uh, uh, I, don't I know, think this... 2.0, 2.0 was the burning crusade, right? <laughs> no, it's to do with uh, modes of production. Um, globalization 1.0 is the... I think, if I remember, this is... I know this stuff because of my job. Um, is uh-huh, uh-huh. something like... Uh, it's, I think, the Industrial Revolution... revolution uh, 2.0 is like the 1950s, 3.0 is the advent of the internet, and 4.0 is the internet of things in the connected universe. Oh, for fuck's sake. The, you've uh, just sorry, that's, spent... that's just my natural reaction when anyone says internet of things. Yes. <laughs> I don't like I mean, you've it. just spent about five minutes just saying buzzwords, and I'm, I know all the words separately. Economics, economics, and especially neoliberal economics is very Yahoo serious festival, isn't it? It's like I know those words, but that sign makes no sense. No, no, but uh. that's exactly the point because, like, it, a lot of this stuff is about like the, these are the the leading corp, like these are um, the high priests of of neoliberalism in, in 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 its state form, in its philanthropy and geo form, and especially in its business form. And and what they do is they they want to you know. They want to, I think personally as well, these people want, they know that there are problems and they know that that the problems are bad, but it's that, you know, it's the old joke of the problems are bad, but the causes, the causes are very good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And they're trying to, to, to make the, to not change the causes and to only talk about the problems and to talk about them in a very specific context. So somebody like um, Al Gore, right? Al Gore is a really good example of this, right? Um, mm-hmm. he, t- he he does all this climate change stuff and he does, does the inconvenient truth. Um, but his solution to this is is individual responsibility. So, you know, the, the, the classic shape of neoliberalism in the sense yeah. of this is yeah. it, all mm-hmm. responsibility devolves down to the in- individual because markets are ever-changing and cannot be changing, cannot be corrected. Um, and at the same time, introducing even more market effects uh, t- to solve this with a sprinkling of goodwill and some philanthropy and you know the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation on top. Yeah, I mean it's a, it's a sort of a it's a classic sort of conspiracy like uh refrain but if you if you were to solve all the world's problems you wouldn't be able to sell solutions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's but it's also they sell us very specific type of solutions because they must there is a very there is is I mean within the the type of these conferences um it's never spoken out loud to say, you know, um, the, the the World Economic Forum as a body rejects the concept of socialism or rejects um, the Green New Deal or rejects this or that. It's the the boundaries that are policed in a much more subtle way uh, in terms of who gets invited to speak and who doesn't and and what you are allowed to say on stage and if. You remember there was was the only bit from last year's Davos that went viral was this Dutch guy who said, "We've been I've been here for five days and nobody's mentioned the word tax the word taxes and you know why uh, he was great yeah yeah 
And the, the Dutch historian just went, if you literally all these problems, if you just paid your taxes, we'd solve. Yeah, a significant yeah. chunk of them. And 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 then that was um, sort of noticeable because precisely because that broke that barrier of, of acceptable discourse. Because like these people, they, you can tell them to like give more, you know, do philanthropy. Uh, Bill and Melinda Gates are a really good example of this. So you can tell these people that, they need to, to 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 give more through a foundation or that, you know, the giant multinational conglomerate for which they work or which they are the CEO of needs to have, you know, a public-private partnership with WWF or with Greenpeace or with somebody else to, I don't know, save pandas or do something for the rainforest. So that's all allowed. But what you are not allowed to say is the whole thing that brought you here is fucked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you... you and one of the ways that that they do this sort of boundary policing is is quite brutally speaking is through admission uh, fees. Um, the average admission cost for one person, at least in two thousand fourteen, was nineteen thousand US dollar per person. Um, That's what I make in a year. Yeah, exactly. So, and this is something obviously like we're not going to go there. So your company will pay for you to go there. And if you're a really big corporate, you get to be what's called a strategic partner, uh, which means mm-hmm. you get your logo on stuff. And, and, and especially that means you get more access. Mm-hmm. Like you get access to the private dinners, you get access to behind the scenes, because it's, it's all about, it, you attract really big fish. So like Macron is there, the president of Xi Jinping is there, um, Barack Obama is there, Donald Trump is there. Um, and for a lot of these people, if you can have three minutes with like those guys or with Tim Cook from Apple or something, you know, maybe you get a chance to pitch something or say something. And maybe in those three minutes, you can get something done uh, or you get an idea across. Um, but if you want to be a strategic partner, that's anywhere from uh, 550 to 650,000 US dollar. So you are sick, isn't it? It's you are buying access um, and you are buying access and you are buying um, reputation laundering, which is the other thing that this place is good at. It's because they are willing to talk about the problems within that frame. Uh, you can be seen as the good guys because, you know, they, they all pat themselves on the back and then... Um, You're talking about solutions, even if they're shit solutions that, and for problems that you've caused. Exactly. You know, like Bill Gates will announce that there's another initiative to, I don't know, solve malaria or something. And it's like, yeah, I want to solve malaria. Like, everybody wants to solve malaria. That's not a, a thing. But, like, you can only talk about that. What you can't say is, yes, but... Bill, you have a hundred billion US dollars that you have absolutely no moral right to whatsoever to keep. Why don't we just, instead of you giving fifty million and us applauding, why don't we just take your shit? You know, th- that that is indiscussible. Yeah. Um, even ju- even just ten percent of his shit, because currently we take none of it. Probably. The thing that the thing that entertains me though is that you know you've got these people paying like twenty grand or f- half a million or whatever to to get access and pitch ideas and yeah everything's just getting worse yes you think uh, you think surely if if you you set the prices that high that only the most elite of the elite can attend you think surely they've had one good idea by now but but they don't well the and i mean the thing is the thing is if you've ever if you've ever heard any idea created by like uh an 
an innovator or a fucking um uh oh what's the word you know we always need we always need business people yeah 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 um, yeah entrepreneurs we need uh, entrepreneur that's, that's the word one. i was yeah, looking yeah. for yeah if you've ever heard any of the ideas they come up with that they're, they're always just total dog shit like like uber it's like what if we put taxis out of business so that we could just be taxis yeah like no, how is that it's how more, is that innovative no but it's more subtle you know than I mean? that is what you do is you 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 say okay you know the the platform the digital economy has a huge amount of problems to it so what we'll do is we'll create the um the new labor uh, participation initiative and then um uber will be part of that and um a deliverer will be part of it, and then two governments. You know, let's say the the uh, the governor of California will be part of it, and then like one or two sort of acceptable unions will be part of it. And then you say, well, what we've done at the WEF is we hold a big ceremony and we all sign the thing, and then they create a new platform and a new think tank to think about the problems. And at that level, which is where most people really stop paying attention. Um, the documents they write are essentially pointless um, or they fall within the bounds, you know, because like if Uber's around the table to write the document, it will never include strong labor laws, right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, that um, uh, to give an example, which is actually real, um, they last year or a couple of years ago, the World Economic Forum started what's known as the Water Initiative, um, blah blah um, public-private partnerships on water management obviously like water sweet water access to water is a huge fucking problem especially in the age of climate change so what you do is you bring together um, the aluminium division of Rio Tinto i.e. the world's biggest fucking mining conglomerate and polluter of water uh, the Swiss Agency for Development and Cooperation, USAID, which is a front for the CIA, the Confederation of in- Indian Industry, and a couple and and some uh, random uh, uh, business foundation, uh, and then you say, look, we have this platform and we're doing this good thing, and they're going to produce a report, and the report's going to be twenty pages thick, and it's going to well not plan eighty, and then it's going to have an executive summary, and then next year we will discuss that. And then we will discuss amendments to the report. And all you do is this performative act of doing good within this ideological frame, but you're not resolving anything. I have a question. It pays 20 grand for a person to go and like 500 if you want to be a strategic partner or whatever. Yeah. Are they all there like eating super fancy food staying at five stars hotel no um or- even the i mean davos is a, is a tiny shithole of a of a town um and you want to be you know with the cool kids so you want to sleep in davos so even like a two-star hotel during that week um i think the average room price of a hotel is ten thousand usd that's insane but also why could they not just put that money towards actually solving the problems they talk about because they feel that these people genuinely feel that just by being there and and talking about things, they feel that they are being part of the solution. Ah, so they're fucking idiots. Then you should have just said. Well, then, like these are like they're not. I don't think these people are idiots. It's just they have this mentality. It's it's a very weird thing that 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 it basically they basically they, as far as they're concerned, you don't get to be the the most elite people on the planet and spend like a million dollars a night on a hotel 
and you know what I mean, own 70 jets and, you know, have a, like a carbon footprint that some small countries would be envious of. <laughs> All that sort of shit doesn't just fall into anyone's lap. You get there by being the, the very finest people humanity has yeah. ever, do you know what I mean? Like they're, they're the more, they're more powerful and they're richer and they have more like shit than any, any previous humans at any point in history. And they, they got there because they're just brilliant. That's the only thing they can come. They can't imagine that it was luck or that, you or know, it was just or, a, an accident, yeah. an accident of birth or, you know, ne- impropriety or anything. Or, or, or inherited fortunes. Yeah, or, or war crimes or any of that shit. They got there by good old-fashioned hard work and by being brilliant. And so they, as far as they're concerned, they're doing the world a service by putting their stupid fucking ideas to each other because they're, you know, how could they not solve the world's problems? They're the best people that have ever lived. Yeah, so the, the type of shit that you, you get out of this is... Um, is you get these weird solutions where the people who genuinely create the problems um, uh, also get a chance to, 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 to say, we will shape the solution. So they also put, uh, it, it, you can look at their website if, if you want to, because there's like a whole bunch of reports. And I do not. Some of them I think are not bad, um, but I'll, I'll read to you the title of one and like the, the strap line. Um, it, it, the path to stakeholder capitalism requires something basic, decency. Like you know, as if decency is in in any way possible within the capitalist framework, because it do they depends mean, on exploitation. This is going to be a, this is going to be a decorum thing, isn't it? This is but be the like... strapline is what makes it amazing, which is business can make capitalism work for everyone by incorporating basic human decency, says Mastercard CEO. <laughs> I mean, the implication, surely the implication of that is that they were aware of this, or maybe they weren't, but that up until now, they've not included decency. <laughs> and now they've gone, oh shit, we should start doing this. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, and it's very much the, uh, the the one bad apple, right? You know, the the, the system can never be at fault. Um, it, was, uh, it, it was just The collapse of Carillion people. is not the fault of the system eating itself. It is the fault of a, of a few bad actors. The 2008 financial crisis is not a systemic challenge it is the fault of black people buying homes and a couple of banks not having proper lending standards yeah mm-hmm. i mean basically they're never gonna do you know what i mean they, they will occasionally make noises that uh, along the lines of maybe we should tone down capital maybe we should file the sharp edges exactly people's, yeah. people's children keep being impaled upon maybe we should file those edges down but you're never going to hear that and except like when they look out the window and they can see the glow of like torches being wielded by a mob on the horizon. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. and at that point, they'll, you know what I mean? They'll sort of start talking about how they could maybe move their castle back a few feet so that they can't yeah. see that glow anymore. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and also to, to make sure that the system itself uh, survives. And one of the ways they do it, and, and um, that's why, I, you know, I found it really difficult that Greta Thunberg was at Davos because, like, I have a huge amount of respect for her individually. But, like, what what this does and what capitalism in general, I think is one of the reasons it's so resilient and and good at its job, is that it tends to capture and sort of absorb some of the most potent critics of it. Um, So they will let, you know, someone like David Attenborough come and talk about, you know, the horrendous effects of of climate change and and give a very powerful speech. He did that last year. Uh, They will have somebody like Greta Thunberg 
um, come in. And the first way, first thing that allows them to do is just, as as we said, is look at us being sort of open and inclusive. But it, it, they fold in all these sort of um, rebels and these people with a, with a problem so that they all become part of the the solution system because once you've been to Davos you meet a lot of people right um you know like you're the the CEO of a big nature NGO so like you meet the head of of the really fucking shit company but he says I'm really serious and why don't we do a partnership and you know he seems genuine and the people who work for him are genuine and you do a partnership and they pay you 10 million dollar to do that and it you know that employs your people and then a few years down the and line, best- you, you have become these people because you are absorbed into that sort of bloodstream. Yeah, best case, you accept their premise, which is capitalism must go on. Worst case, they're, you don't, but they're still around the table helping you draft the solution, and then they can curb stomp anything that you know yeah. gets in their way. And like, I, I, I do genuinely, like, I don't think that, you know, maybe not that prick of MasterCard, um, but like... I think the, the, the CEOs of some of these giant companies are personally genuinely very serious when they say we want to do something about climate change, right? Because they're still individuals and human beings. I, I, I'm willing to believe that. Um, but they're locked and they, they too are sort of locked and trapped into the system where, where they must talk about shareholder value and, and uh, win-win situations. And, and what they can never acknowledge, which is, of course, the fundamental problem, is that if you want to change the world, you know, uh, if you want to make an omelette, you have to break a few eggs. You know, like if you want to change the world, global mega corporations can't be part of the change because they are part of the problem. And that's that's or maybe they, they have to stop chasing to profit at any cost. It's one of the two. Yeah, or, or or I mean, yeah, or just make stop making profit at all. You know, that, that's sort of the. The problem we have, and the interesting thing is, is, is at this one is they launched a new one, and we won't do the whole article because we're going long. Um, but they launched a new thing called the the Davos Manifesto, which is a fairly dull um, bit. There's a couple of paragraphs that says uh, uh, corporations must be nice and corporations must take care of other people. Um, but the main important thing is is what they're saying here, and I don't know if you guys saw it. It was in some of the papers it was written up quite big. It follows on a couple of other similar statements where they say um, Milton Friedman is great because he invo- he created shareholder capitalism where the only thing uh. there was was um, maximizing shareholder profit, which obviously has led, which is the that's the big bang of neoliberalism, and you get the terrible world we live in now. Um, and they say that moment has passed. So, like you know, you see that's the recognition, that's the admission of the problem. They say there's another model, uh, which is state capitalism, which is essentially, you know, the the Chinese, the Indians, a couple of other people. Um, But that can't work either uh, because state capitalism uh, may, and I'm quoting here, may be good, a good fit for one stage of development. It too should evolve into something closer to a stakeholder stakeholder model, lest it succumb (laughs) to corruption from within. I... I have a feeling that historically and materially, we're going to have a lot of evidence for the um, state capitalist model as more efficient and more effective than the uh, shareholder capitalist model. The fuck? I mean, and they're right right that it's corrupt, but it's also the the shareholder model 
is also hilariously corrupt. Yeah. And the stakeholder, yeah. yeah, and the stakeholder model so, is you know only works if everybody agrees that you know we should do what's best for the planet instead of profits. Which surprisingly, if you have some corrupt people in that system, will also be massively corrupt. Yeah, so what they're proposing now is like we can't so we can't have shareholder capitalism anymore because that obviously is leading the world off the cliff. We can't have state capitalism because that is inherently corrupt and bad. Um and what they're now pitching is something called stakeholder capitalism which is different because it doesn't involve just shareholders but also um employees, uh, people in the country, the international community the effects on the environment so you know the stakeholders stakeholders is one of these fucking modern buzzwords that we can't live without apparently um and and they this stakeholder capitalism is something and i'm quoting again uh which states that companies should pay their fair share of taxes note that that's not defined show zero tolerance for corruption uphold human rights throughout their global supply chains and advocate for a competitive level playing field, particularly in the platform economy. I mean, nobody would ever argue with that. No. But it's, 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 it's unreasonable. And like, fake. no capitalist enterprise can do that. It just means that, you know, you don't create any more phones because all the materials come from mines in Africa that have shit human rights. So why would you just don't make phones anymore, for example? Nobody's going to go for that. No, you can still make phones, but you have to have like a, a, a third-party certification and a label on top of it that says these phones were produced uh, by ethical miners, right? Yeah, I mean, there is there is a phone you can get. Yes. The, the, is it the Fairphone? I think so, yeah. But yeah. even the fair, even but, the Fairphone, even the, like the I, I've read up about this. The CEO specifically says, we do the absolute best we can. Yeah, exactly. But... Yeah. Some of the, some of the things you can only get from mines in Africa, and I can't guarantee that those miners are treated well. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so blah blah blah. Uh, to uphold stakeholder capitalism, companies will need new metrics. So, you know, th- this is the that you get into this very consultancy world where everything needs to be measured and valued and put into an Excel sheet. Um, new measures of shared value creation should include environmental, social, uh, and governance goals. As measures of shared value creation. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh promote synergy. Yeah, and fortunately, already <laughs> this is being developed by the International Business Council and the Bank of America. So, you know... It, 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 oh, well, as long as we've got our best people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so all of this is like this, 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 this admission of, yes, something is wrong, but the only way to solve it is through and with the existing model but we just need to tweak it a little bit in in the corners right like we just need to tighten a couple bolts mm-hmm. and and stick on some extra measures and some value sets and again that's also another opportunity that's like a work opportunity for the consulting class and for like half the people who are at this fucking conference i mean generally the, the sort of mission statement you read up before for stakeholder capitalism it sounds good you know and I guess that's the point. Yeah. It's just that it's it's unworkable. And to be honest, if you had that and, and also added on to the to the top, and also one person shouldn't own this company because that's ridiculous. Yeah. And, sh- and shared the profits among the uh, the workers, then you basically have a form of socialism. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in in its in its ex- maybe not. Yeah. I would argue that in its extreme form, socialism is stakeholder capitalism. Done right. Yeah. 
But that, of yeah. course, is just you know, and there that's where you get the tone policing because that is 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 not acceptable. And and an interesting sort of example of that is uh, was from from today. Um, was uh, there was a comment made by the, <laughs> by the outgoing uh, chief executive of B- British Petroleum BP? You know, great company, no problems there whatsoever. You know, fabulous uh, sunshine reputation. And um, what he was going after was the Green New Deal proposed by Ocasio Cortez and Bernie Sanders. And what he says is they have a re- unrealistic idea of the complexity of the global energy system. It's very complex. Um, he he did not entirely shoot down the need for the energy transition but stressed that we must reduce carbon emissions renewables need to grow so like that's the admission right that's the that's Mm -hmm. the turn and then but then he comes back and he says um in 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 the prestige he says um but (laughs) other factors need to be considered the world needs all forms of energy less emissions but all forms of energy uh, so what, why? Yeah, who knows? But you know that because, of course, he I can't will... say yes. My business model and the company I lead, and probably the sector that I've worked in my entire life, is awful. Right? They can't say that because it a you know that would cause the stock price to plunge, and b it's also a negation of themselves of their career. You know, like if you're 55 years old and you're one of the best paid CEOs in the world. Are you, you know, can you really still look in the mirror and say, no, actually my life's been a waste? The thing is, like, they will, on a long enough timeline, all of these fucking pricks will come to their senses. The The problem is, we don't the timeline have that. we have yeah. isn't anywhere near long yeah. enough. Because, I mean, there was that thing last week where some investment hedge fund or some bullshit... Some one of those. Uh, made Black, up this things. was BlackRock. You're talking about BlackRock investment. Yeah, yeah, and they said they're not gonna. Was it fossil fuels? Then they're not gonna invest in anymore because, like, yeah, the writing's on the fucking wall at long last. Yeah, and it's like, well, that's that's the first step on a very long road that we should have. We just don't have taken we, in we the 1980s. Time. Yeah, we don't have time for them to fucking like walk down now. Mm-hmm. So it's. It's really it's the it's the te- it, it's a question of how fast they they realize that they cannot. They're killing build. everyone. Well, no, I mean they know that already. It's <laughs> it's a question of of how long it takes them to realize that there is no wall they can build that will be high enough to stop them being eaten. Yeah. When like things go like incredibly bad, do you know what I mean? Like they they think they can build like an ark in space or some shit, but. They're always gonna need. Do you know what I mean? They they cannot exist as a like. They're incapable of existing without an underclass. Would mm-hmm. you say that they live in a society? <laughs> they do. Yeah. Yeah. And and but do you know what I mean though? They 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 they're never gonna be satisfied with any kind of like. They they have all these grand plans where they're gonna build bunkers and they're gonna ride out the apocalypse. They're gonna build like an ark in space. Fucking. Yeah, yeah. They're all gonna move to uh, New Zealand and live in the uh, foothills like fucking yeah, Peter Yeah, all this shit, but. The, the simple fact is they do not know how to live without like an underclass to look down on. So, do you know what I mean? There there aren't robots. No, but like, the, it's... They, they could build, they could be, even if they could build, uh, they had time to develop the technology to build robots that would take care of their every whim. You can't really look down on robots. It's just never going to be as satisfying yeah. as having like peasants like that, that come around to 
to clean your, your bedroom that you can sexually harass. You know what I mean? <laughs> no one really wants to sexually harass like an, an intelligent forklift or whatever. So I don't know. They're making some really good steps in that direction. But do you know what I mean, though? So they're always going to have to. They're always going to have to have people around. Like they're always going to have to have servants around, like a, a, an underclass that they can boss around. And sooner or later, they're going to realize that that things get bad enough, and that uh, that underclass is going to like rise up and kick the shit out of them. But it's but it's 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 more it's more subtle than that. Like I'm sure there are. You know, like a few absolute monsters, like, I don't know, fucking Elon Musk and, and a couple of those, or like the Koch brothers, right, who are like genuinely, literally, you know, they are like the um, the Simpsons d- uh, doing the uh, Republican Party where they're sitting around in fucking Dracula's castle with John Rentoul and, and the others. And, you know, <laughs> gentlemen, too <Welcome>. evil. <laughs> yeah. You know, but it's not, a lot of it is much more, you know, like if, if you've come, like these people have, come to the absolute pinnacle of incredibly competitive industries, incredibly competitive companies uh, 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 or political, you know, like they got to be fucking Barack Obama or even God help us, Donald Trump. They got to be president of the United States. Um, you know, they, I think that a lot of these guys, like I said, they they, they have a, a, a desire to, to do good, but because of where they are and how they were shaped, the frame which which they can they can conceive of doing good is only the neoliberal frame, because that has yeah. brought them to where they were. So you know, like it, and they live in this weird sort of transnational, uh, uh, literal global elite bubble, where they only meet other people like themselves. You know. Yeah. I mean, I I, I definitely think there's definitely some of them probably a lot of them that aren't sort of outright evil you know there's there's a lot of them who will be making plans to have a bunker and to make sure that all of the the staff and the bodyguards have bombs implanted in their heads or some <laughs> sci-fi bullshit that they, so they can keep control of them but there's a lot who who you know wouldn't consider crossing those kind of lines and they'll be the first to crack you know what I mean? Like they'll be the ones mm-hmm. that that like say first, right? Okay, we need to, we really need. Like we've been saying for years that we need to do something, but now we're just cutting the yeah, money off. To, we're not. But gonna... to themselves, they 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 are doing something because look, you know. Um, um... Oh yeah, but I mean, but sooner or later, sooner or later, they're going to realize that what they're what they think they're doing isn't enough, and they're going to have to. You know what I mean? They're going to have to change. And, and drastically because otherwise like the world is going to change under like out from under them and then you know what i mean that, that like if 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 society collapses like what fucking need are we going to have for hedge fund managers yeah but in their world it's also you know like um uh the president of the united states is term limited to to eight years the average ceo is not in place for you know i think more than two or four years is is i think a reasonable run if you're "Quote unquote successful." Um, like it, it, it within your individual time frame, if you've been to two or three or four of these conferences, and you know, uh, uh, five years ago they would maybe have not really a panel yet on on climate change, but now they've put it on top of the agenda. And look, hey, Greta Thunberg is here. So, in their individual frame, they do think they're doing the right thing. And then when they retire or step aside, you know. Um, or, or, or go off to do something else. They it, and the next person takes over, and they take it another tiny step. And 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 as we said, you know, like in the very end, maybe that comes to a slightly better world, but not in the time frame we need. So 
there's this it's really hard to describe because like i i I work in in a system where uh, in in a place where I meet this this type of thinking a lot, and it's very seductive. It's very easy to 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 fall into the the individual solutions, the philanthropy, the um, um, you know stakeholders of a, a public private partnership, and and there's a lot to be said for it. But it doesn't resolve the central conflict, which is that the inherent instability of capitalism creates faster and faster more and more crisis and faster and faster and more and more exploitation because that is the foundation of the system itself and it doesn't allow for that type of examination and it's it's a very it, there's a very good book which was published uh, last year which is called uh, winner take uh, winner take bah, winner take all uh, by Anand Shirirandas. Uh, we'll put a link in the show description. Um, because he was part of this circuit. He wrote a very good book on it, which I can really recommend to everybody to read. Um, I think it sort of explains part of why nothing gets resolved. It's because this way, you know, the way society is organized is, is sort of Im immutable or mutable along the margins. Um and even the con and and they also came out of the history, you know, where where the Soviet Union collapsed and all that stuff. So this is the end of history, and they still operate in that model. Shall we? Yeah, we shall. To comment or commentary? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We do. Yeah. Uh, we shall. There's not much else to say there. I mean, you know, it's just we can summarize briefly. These people live in a world where they've convinced themselves that because they're rich and successful, they must be good at everything. So anything they do do is actually good. And it's fine. They don't have to do anything worse. And they might realize one day, but they also might not. And yeah, we'll, we'll get the guillotines out. I've been skiing there. You know, it's nice, but fuck it. Was it Davos where that guy was introducing Donald Trump on stage? Yeah, and yeah. He was like, yeah, he was clearly like being sarcastic because you know obviously donald trump won't. <laughs> he says donald trump's like fucking great and he's done a lot to bring people together obviously like donald trump will just think that's like right reg that's regular praise from a, a nice person yeah and everyone in the audience can sort of like titter behind the hand and go oh look he's he's been so daring um that's like and, the I queen mean, and her brooches isn't it <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i yeah. mean that was just that was just such fucking bullshit. It's like Donald Trump. I mean, yeah, okay, right, yeah, it's great. That guy's like really sticking it to the president, like really sticking it to the world's most powerful man there by being nice to him. We can all sit and laugh behind our hands at that. Like, welcome to the resistance, whoever that fucking prick was. <laughs> but it's not really useful, is it? Like, really, they should be up there. They should be just telling Donald Trump to his like a hundred percent like solid stupidity face that he's a fucking useless prick and he needs to pull his finger out and stop being a cunt. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but, but then obviously they, you can't say they, that yeah, because they never would. Because then, you know, we need Donald Trump because we need to have a global conversation about the solutions to improving international trade and ending trade wars. You know, you see, it, it would never happen. Like, that would literally never... These people would never conceive of the idea because also the second problem is once you do that once, the US president won't come to the next one. And then if the US president doesn't come, maybe the Chinese president doesn't come. And then, you know, the mm -hmm. the level of conference drops and then you can't charge 600,000 more for your yeah. whatever partnership level. And then, uh, you know, you're going to have to let go of some stuff and maybe you need to take a pay cut. And then, you know, and, and then... You then need to 
fall back on your secondary career of selling bomb detectors to the Iraqi army or something <laughs> yeah. like that. Anyway, um, but it, it it is a very, I you know, I can't recommend to anybody to read too much of this shite, but it is, I think, worthwhile if you have some time. Like, just read this stuff because it's, it's really powerful and the influence that this, like these reports and this thinking has at the most elite level of prime ministers and, and ministers of finance and that kind of stuff is really profound. And and you're missing a trick if if you just skip by it because this at this level, a lot of the, 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 the salute, quote unquote solutions are being shaped. And now that yeah, we've right. depressed the fuck out of everybody, um, uh, we'll be fine, right? Let's go into the fun let's bit. Let's keep going. Let's segue. Who's, let's segue. Segue hard. Who's doing uh, COC tonight? I have ventured into the mines. <laughs> I'm so glad it wasn't me this week. <laughs> right. It Fill wasn't as bad. Boots, it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. All right. Oh well, that's 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 going to be entertaining, then, isn't it? Well, I've I'm, got some very mild takes for us tonight. Oh no, they are not mild <laughs> takes. <laughs> Did you find anything right, we... that was not related to Meghan, Harry, and racism? Everything was Meghan Markle and Harry. <laughs> Everything. I've only got one quote about them, but literally every other news story. Okay, first one. What the left need to do is show more pride about their country, have a leader who is able to joke, laugh, and just generally have a sense of humor. There's a lot to criticize about Boris, but he won over large parts of the nation by emphasizing the importance of nationhood, emphasizing the importance of defending one's oh. nation and making people laugh at the same time. Oh, fuck me. I think... It, oh. Do I... Commentary uh, I think... Mm. I, uh, I think I might have read this. <laughs> I think I think that's commentary because, like, Boris Johnson did not do any of those things. He didn't do anything even remotely approaching those things. And that sounds like very much sort of the, the whole thing where, like, dipshits will just you know what I mean like our guy won so whatever we believe is clearly what he must have done otherwise he wouldn't have won mm -hmm. having said that I mean that doesn't that doesn't entirely rule out commentary yet, but I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna say it's a, a, a comment let's say right Jamie says comment Rob I'm gonna say commentary yet, and I'm gonna venture a guess and say that it's Susan Moore in the fucking Guardian mm-hmm oh, oh, are we meant to be guessing who it was I thought we well we'd get, you can get in everybody's guesses first all right, Elijah, okay. I I'm gonna say commentary, and I think that's a that's a gleeful rewriting of reality that uh, that comes from the <laughs> well, brain of a powerful that is journalist. a comment balls from the Guardian. Ah! <laughs> oh. It sounded okay. profoundly Guardian. Yes. <laughs> All right, here we go. Um. Party members must overcome their obsession with ideological purity at the expense of winning power. I, too, am repulsed by the notion of power without principles. But if you care about people in need, you can't fixate on principles without power. Labour must learn how to win again for the sake of the country. That's, that's, that's that commentary. That's absolute, that's, that's, yeah. That's a grandiose, oh, we tried, and now, because we are serious people. I'm, I'm going to say a commentary out that was John Rentoul in Better Crypts and Coffins. <laughs> <laughs> um, Rob? Oh, God, I'm going to say commentary out. I'm going to, it sounds like fucking Tony Blair or Alistair Campbell. You were all right. It is commentary out, would anybody care to venture who or where? 
Oh, I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm some, keeping Jamie's rental guess. Uh, <laughs> I, well, I was going to say some new Labour dipshit uh, in the Guardian. Polly Toynbee but... in the Guardian. John John McTurnan somewhere. <laughs> it it was the Guardian, and it was Tim Farron. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> that fucking <laughs> ah, bastard. All right, here we go. Um, momentum is to labor what the ERG is to the Tories. Parasitic cabals hiding behind the skirts of the main parties with unicorn ideologies. Yes, I love parasitic cabals. Did you just stay in the Guardian website for all of these? Because No, I did not. <laughs> or the Independent. I'm going to say um, that's commentariat. Right, Jamie commentariat. It's comment from uh, spiked Rob says comment Elijah someone's being really clever comment go on um, it, w- it was a comment on the, on the BBC on the BBC ah, News you are correct ah, yes. ah, damn I should have thought of that <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's just a news story and someone's going I, I have a grand thought about momentum okay let me um, <laughs> Next, does anyone outside the bubble even understand the voting system in the leadership contest? It is immensely complicated, and at some point, the, uh, the ties between the unions and the party will have to be rethought. That's a uh, comment. Does, Elijah says comment. Does anyone even know how to far what when? I'm, I'm going to say comment in the Guardian. That's, that's commentariat. That's, 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 I'm going to say that's commentariat. Like this is one of these weird things where they're like the reason we had Corbyn is because uh, the, the the supporting vote and that kind of stuff uh, which makes it, uh, it fucking it just all of this this fucking f- eating flowers sounds like the Guardian <laughs> uh, Jamie what did you say? Um, I said commentary at but uh, let's say the Independent. This was commentariat in the Guardian <laughs> <laughs> by Suzanne War. Ah, I'm sorry, uh, the, the Guardian just had so many great lines this time around, <laughs> and I've saved genuinely the best for last. Is is this the Mega Marker one? Yes, it yes. is. <laughs> Ex-Prince Harry is perhaps the most tragic living example of get woke, go broke. Before he met Meghan Markle, he was one of the lads, a polo-playing, cigarette-smoking, hard-drinking action man with a string of hot girlfriends, a twinkle in his eye that made him probably the Queen's favourite grandchild, and a common touch which made him the people's favourite young royal. Uh, It's so sickeningly fawning, but Britain is such a fucked-up place that could be (laughs) anyone. I'm going to say commentary and probably the fucking mail or somewhere. Mm-hmm. Mm, commentary at the Daily Express. Yep, Elijah. Oh, I really don't know. Uh, fuck. Um, ugh, it's so creepy. Um, <laughs> it has that perfect sort of servile British bootlicky thing. Uh, I could imagine that written as like you know a serious paragraph in a in an international publication. And I could also imagine it in all caps <laughs> with, with a million exclamation marks. Written um, in like somebody's own feces screamed, smeared on the wall of their cell. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> uh, 
Go on then. What's your uh, <laughs> what's your guess? Pick your poison. Yeah, commentariat. You are all correct. It is commentariat. <laughs> yes. But where is it from? Would I will genuinely say that I I will be. No, none of you are going to guess where it's from. Well, I said the Daily Express, so I'm sticking with that. Yep, and I think Jamie said Daily Mail. Uh, yeah. It definitely, I mean, if, if it's if it's something about, like, how the royals are great and we should all be happy to suck their shit, <laughs> um, it's generally usually the Mail or the Express. To be fair, it's more about how awful Megan is. It's, it's more racism than royal. So, uh, okay, well, if know. it's about racism and how we should all, like, you know, hate, the blacks it's generally usually the male or the express <laughs> yeah but it's also got that distinct sort of, of 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 flavor of because it started with woke which is always sort of a a, a giveaway it could be uh, uh everybody's favorite conehead brendan o'neill close it is Ooh. longtime friend of the podcast james dillingpole ah! <laughs> oh. where's, where's he where's he writing nowadays yeah which which Breitbart? what is he actually? Yeah, that's amazing. That's perfect. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a perfect fit. Um, I mean, yeah, the cream always rises. Fuck yeah. <laughs> oh god! Jesus Christ! Fucking writing for Breitbart. Is this Breitbart UK or just the? That's bad. Yes, it is. <laughs> I told you I saved the best for last. Yeah. Oh god. Would anybody like to say anything else before we wrap up? Uh, I'm sorry for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's my fault, partially. Um, I'm very, it's everyone's fault. I'm very sorry. <laughs> okay. Um, make sure you follow us on Twitter at PraxisCast. Um, things we have coming up. We have the Star Wars episode, oh, yeah. which has been recorded and is just awaiting editing. So should be out shortly. We've got... U.S. politics episode, which is coming up, and a special guest, ac- actually big guest, someone whose name you might actually know because we've hit the big times. <laughs> we're not saying the name. We're not saying the name. No, we're not saying the name. No, remember, we're not saying the no, name. Not saying the name. Absolutely not. But it is something it's, to look forward to. I, I am Toby Young. <laughs> I won't yes, do that yes. episode, but I'm very much looking forward to it. We're going to have an all, a whole episode on why uh, uh, on phrenology, which I've been threatening to do for a while. Yeah, it's Toby Young. Right. If if you want to yell at me for for making the episode go too long, my Twitter handle is at Klezmer Rouge. That is K L E Z M E R R O U G E. Anyone else want to plug a plug a plug a shit posting handle? My uh, my shit posting handle is at Count R the. I'm at Wizard Cubes. <laughs> For now. <laughs> yeah, for now. <laughs> Until Jack finds you again. <laughs> okay, so that's it for us for today. Uh, have a good week, and yeah, th- that's it. That's I, it. I don't have yeah, nothing. That's, that's it. No. <laughs> we left it all out on the floor, everybody. Good job. Good yeah, job. I'm fucking. I'm, I'm drained. That's it. The John Red. I've almost sobered up. This is really depressing. <laughs> all right. Catch you later, everyone. Bye-bye. Yeah, thanks. Cheers. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.